Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. Oh, and I'm Chris. You are Chris, and it's, it's lovely to see you, Chris. It's been a while. It's been a long yeah. time since you've been on. Yeah, I mean, Tab was literally saying, when was the last time you did this? You better go up, go upstairs immediately and talk to ASD is basically the instructions I was just given. I so love, so much. <laughs> I listened. What can I say? Well, you are a most uh, requested, I don't know, host, co-host, whatever it is. Um, so it's, it's and I, you know, obviously I love having you here, but we've got a lot to talk about. We've got Chelsea, who've just drawn with City in very dramatic fashion. And we've got obviously Wolves from yesterday. So let's start with Chelsea. Are you happy? People are saying it was so brave. We lost 4-1 at home to Chelsea with two send-ins off. How, how do you feel about it? Do you know what? I like. I kind of didn't mind, right? I mean, obviously I hated it. I hated yeah. every minute of it on the one hand. But it was, it, in retrospect, what you realise, what I realised is that it was like the, like, curse of the manager of the month, um, trophy like to the power of a thousand suns all against <laughs> Chelsea because it was just like it, it just all happened because l- l- let me tell you right that first goal went in and we were like this is going to be a good night then the second one went in and honestly I've been going to live games like as you know since the late 90s and that was arguably the best team goal I've ever seen and what I'm really sad about it being chalked off apart from anything else is that it's not going to be in any compilations because it was amazing and at that moment I just thought when I thought it got in I was like we're going to win 6-0 because we were absolutely all over them and the tempo was there and it was buzzing and all the rest of it. And then I just think in that moment, and you, I think Decky said it afterwards, is that they got caught up in the hype. So imagine if they were caught up in the hype beforehand, what it felt like going 2-0 up in that. It was an absolute, it was fizzing. Like, you know, the stadium was fizzing. And so they just, I don't know, they just like lost their heads and, you know, no, no one more than... um the Romero, and what was very weird about that was we that was that's the end that we sit in, as you know, that the first half. It was down our end. And the goal, the ball went in, and then they were checking for VAR for Chelsea's goal, which was like, oh yeah, whatever. But then like people around me were going, Why is the ball on the penalty spot? And I was mm-hmm. like, had they would just put it there to rest it? Why would they rest the ball on the penalty spot? Is someone trying to psych someone else out? Yeah. Are they trying to be suggestible? Like, so you don't know what's going on. And then of course. I guess in pulling it back to look and see whether the Chelsea goal had stood, they realised Romero's foul and then so it went from there. And, and you know, like, yes, you've seen them not given, but equally he did follow through with his studs up and I just think there's no excuse for that. And I think the worst outcome of that, apart from obviously his three-game ban, is I genuinely don't think that Mickey van der Ven would have stretched for the way that he stretched for that ball if he wasn't feeling like, oh, my mate's not here. Although Ange made a good point about the number of VAR stops meant that they weren't, you know, that they probably needed to warm up again. So, I don't know, I saw somewhere there were 35 VAR checks in the first half, right? And what I genuinely don't understand, and I really would love someone to explain it to me, is when they go check VAR and when they don't. Because, like, you'll go to some games where you think something should be checked and it's not. Or maybe it's being checked and they don't tell you. I don't know. But, like, you know, people are fallible, right? And it's... 
there are these are human decisions that are being made all the time and the point of var was to try and take some of that out of it and you know what with goal line technology and with to some degree sort of semi-automated for offside i totally get it but on these other decisions you're literally saying here's one person's um subjective decision and then let's get seven other people in a very high pressure environment because we heard it at the liverpool game didn't we seven or eight other people in a very high pressure environment to make a very quick call and so all you're doing is like making more of a muddle so something has to give i think and angie's um i thought angie's as ever response was perfect because it was about the game and the yeah. effect it has on the flow of the game rather than how it affected his team in that week so that was just the first half asd so oh, yeah all i can say is at um we did really well to keep it to one one playing that high line until the 70th something minute and then at that point we did score two more goals and I don't know, like Eric Dyer's looked on side to me, it looked like it clipped off another player. And that would have been an absolute, oh, yeah. honestly, that would have been amazing. Um, and so 4-1, I didn't really, I didn't care that much about the actual scoreline, to be honest, I guess, is my answer to your question. Because those last two goals were in like the 90-something and 90-something else minute. And they were tired. And actually, they made a good account of themselves. And, you know, like... Who cares? Chelsea are actually shit. Excuse my language. But like they didn't look like they had much about them. So, you know, I, I, I just don't know why we lose our heads so much um, around Chelsea. But I guess we do. What did you think? Well, so I took off. So I had a ticket to go with Rob. And I then got told I had to be in New York for the week. So I took off at half past three Monday and landed about 11 our time and my phone blew up you know you know as you land and you turn your phone on or you turn the internet on and suddenly it comes into reception oh, it was like ping 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 oh. and i couldn't believe it because so what fully... time was it when you landed and the game ended 11 p.m your time uh, no, okay. yeah but yeah 11 p.m your time so the game just... had ended yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i i couldn't believe it so i went up fully expecting pochettino to come back him to get a mixed reception a bit like when Modric came back from after wanting to go to Chelsea and then coming back wasn't he seen on Abramovich's boat was that that summer was that him it was wasn't it where he got he yeah, got papped yeah. and he came back and they didn't let him go and you, I went fully expecting how on earth are they going to just deal with us and I landed and you go it, it was by our own decisions that we 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 fell yes. over and that drives me insane and yeah. Udogi should have gone earlier. Like the two-footed challenge he put in was disgusting. I, I, I hate to see that. Um, and it was, it was pure stupidity. And I, I, there was a bit of me which went, which got caught up in the, yeah, it was brave and it was a statement on how he wants to play and that's cool. But then there's a bit of me which goes, not against that lot. I, I don't mind if it's against anyone else, maybe Arsenal, but not against Chelsea at home when we, we, we don't beat Chelsea at home when he's coming back to the club. Don't do it then. And I, it would have been easier to take if we didn't then go and perform really poorly yesterday. Because if if the bravery was about this amazing statement of intent of this is how we play, and then we go away to Wolves and we do nothing, basically. And I know that we lost all of our best players, all of the new players who came in and made such a difference. And actually, we had the Tottenham that was similar-ish to last year. Yeah. And that was that was the problem. But even so, 
it, it makes it harder to take that it was a statement of intent when we didn't play well. And if we're not going to play well, then go to two lines of four and don't lose against Chelsea. We could have got a draw like that, but if it's going to cost us two points and a, there's a moral victory and there's all that sort of stuff that comes with losing to Chelsea or a moral loss, if we're going to do that, and the whole point of that is we sacrifice that in order to make a statement of this is who we are now, don't do what we did yesterday. And that's the bit that annoys me. But I don't think it's a statement for Ange. I think that's the point. It's like, that is who we are. And I don't think he can, he genuinely will not play any other way. Yes. Which, I mean, for the last five years, we've had plan A only managers. So are we to be worried? Like, just because it's more entertaining, as soon as we get worked out, is that going to be a problem for us? I I don't know. It doesn't seem so. It feels like after um, Guardiola's Barcelona, then you had Mourinho's Lobach. And then in response to that, you had Klopp. And now the new revolution is Ange, which is cool. And maybe this is going to be the height, you know, and Guardiola and those two will be will be doing this and then they'll get found out and something else will come along. Or he's got one trick and he's going to get found out or we just had a bad game. And I think that's more like what it is. The key thing for me, though, ignoring all of what I've just said, is Ange builds teams, at not a single squad he builds squads not teams so yes. what what we've very clearly got is a first 11 and we do not have the bench to match the fact that we had Hoibo playing in center attack midfield nothing against him he's a fabulous player in the right position and the fact yeah. that Dyer just can't do a high line on a halfway line I it it means that I think in the season when we've had the January and summer transfer windows we will see the the Tottenham that he wants us to play, and we can take these losses. There's no replacing Madison. There's no um, no, there isn't. There or Van der Ven, really, because those two are world class on their day. They um, were definitely the two that, if you asked any of us, anyone, like who not who you didn't want to lose, it would be there those two. Yeah, and then Udogi, and then you go, and then it all just falls apart, and then you go, oh my god, in in oh my goodness, in January we're going to lose Saar and Basuma and Son to the Afcon and AFC, you know it's, and both of those two, Saar and Basuma are on yellow cards, so they're going to be they're facing a ban now, so it's all bad. But to be fair, in I don't know, like obviously it was a real sucker punch yesterday, um, to lose in the last minute like that. But there was also something that was like weirdly comforting about it because it felt so familiar and so like because I guess, you know, where we've been so far this season is definitely like not where we should be. Now, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't have a, you know, like we should finish. You would hope that with the talent that we do have, I mean, you know, injuries aside, we should finish in that top six, top four, if not then top six right yep. and so these last couple of games have just kind of shown us where we need to be and at least like you know that unbeaten monkey is gone because that could also be a thing absolutely so i'm not i mean you know Ange did say from the start that it was a uh, you know you don't rebuild everything in one transfer window so we know we've still got more to do and um you know the thing i loved on monday night more than anything to be honest was like the fact that everybody just stayed behind and and like cheered them on for like it nearly being like magnificent you know it was nearly an incredible and and i think every people you know like whatever we say about game management or whatever 
we absolutely loved it that they still had a go even with yeah. nine men and i i i, I kind of can't fault that almost which i know might feel naive and all the rest of it but like really what's football for i know we've had this conversation a million times really what's it for and there are only going to be very 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 few teams every any time that win loads of stuff so actually what you want to do is go out in a blaze of glory mm-hmm. you know and aim um fail aiming high rather than succeed aiming low so and i'm kind of up for that and that's what they showed us and so you see like an inkling of that and you're like okay i can get behind this so um... I'm fully on board. It, it, it's more the narrative. I just, I, I don't know, I always feel like I'm stuck in the mid to long term view of things, which, and it, it's more what are we being told versus what is the longer term shift that's happening? And okay, go on. you've, but you've nailed one of the crucial points in that what what's happened to the fans. Like it was so, like we, you know, we went to the one of the last games of the season last week and we sat next to your friend who didn't renew his season ticket after years, decades, yeah. whatever it was, because it was so miserable. Like, that's the biggest change. Forget the centre-back partnership and stuff. Exactly. Giving us something to love again. And yeah, you're right. Like, we're, if we'd lost 4-1 like that to um, with Conte at the helm, imagine how negative the, the feeling would have been over the following week. But now yeah. it's it, it, they, they're buoyed by how much we gave to them and which obviously will help them in the long-term future. And when you've got such a young team that have much bigger impact than if you had an older team. And I thought, yeah, you're totally right. It's just, it's just, I hate Chelsea so much. It's not Chelsea. It's just the idea of Chelsea. I think that I just hate, you know, we've all been there when, oh, when the fans awful. are there. It was awful that that happened against them in that way. Um, and of course, it's not what you want. But no. I was proud of us, though, because I think yeah. the other thing is like from a Proudly White's perspective, we're always worried about a certain chant when we're playing Chelsea. Yeah. And I from can't, the Spurs I, fans, from, from the Spurs yeah, fans, from Spurs fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I didn't hear it. That's good. That's what I we all say about it. Everton, isn't it? We, I, we, I think we like Everton on this pod purely because they always sing songs about Everton. They never sit and sing anti-Spurs songs or they always concentrate on themselves. And that. Yeah. That is always a positive thing. And that I think that's what they built the stadium for, that type of occasion, wasn't it? Just that magnificent energy, which we've been missing for a while. It was brilliant. And as you say, the players really appreciated it. And I think that's the thing. It's like you don't win, you know, like you don't win every game. You're not, you know, like I think the worry about more generally, though, I mean, and this is another whole thing about having a, ex- a conversation about the sort of the existential crisis that football's going to find itself in is that, you know, you will just find like Manchester City just dominating and dominating and dominating. And actually what you want is more of a competition. Well, did you just see that scoreline? 4-4. Four, 4-4? Four. Four, four? Yeah. And Chelsea stuck up for themselves and it was Cole Palmer, like the City Academy graduate who left yeah. in the summer because he wanted game time and Pochettino's, they're playing Pochettino style football now and it's all rosy at Chelsea now. Pochettino does like playing against Chelsea as well, doesn't he? Sorry, likes playing against City. City. Well, they've said on the radio he hasn't, he's only won like two out of six times or something, but oh. I mean, Chelsea have won two, well, obviously the last, they, they haven't lost in a while now four points from two massive games for them so that it's it's on they're on the way up which is annoying and we're fourth now with Villa only a point behind us we're playing them on the 24th as well that's gonna be that is gonna be some game 
what a game. Tell you what I did enjoy. Or So, I mean, if I read you who's out right now, we've got Madison out with an ankle injury, who's back mid-January at the earliest, which is a shocker. Um, Van der Ven, early January-ish. Solomon out with an injury. Perisic out for the season. And then Sessegnon out, Hugo's out, Romero's out for three games um, or two more games. Is but Richarlison, yeah, he's got a hip injury apparently, but he'll be back in a couple of weeks, according to the website I'm on. But Richarlison coming out and saying, look, he's had a groin injury, which has affected him emotionally as well as physically. And he, he's taken a decision to sort himself out. Hopefully that'll help him, you know. But who knows? I know, but that's a, that's a, that's a thing as well, because they planned that before... We lost, you know, all of our all of our players. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mickey and Madders were genuinely the two that you didn't want to lose on an injury for three months. No, no, anyone else? Well, maybe not. Well, even Vicario, but he, he. I think we need to praise him every week. What a gem uh, he is! Absolutely right. Absolutely right. What a, you know, what a player. What a man. I just think he's great. You know, and I, I just love all the kind of, you know, because there was so much like, oh, what are we buying him for? Oh, we're too cheap to buy David Raya and all the rest of it. You're like, I am so pleased yeah. that we went and got the man that we wanted rather than the one that, I don't know, people who play football manager wanted. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other option was Anana, wasn't it? I mean, who, Man United don't I mean, want Anana. No offence to anyone who plays football manager. I used to play it a lot, but like, it doesn't mean that I'm an expert on, on um, European scouting. No, although some scouts do use it as well for, but many for inspiration. Uh, it was really positive to see Johnson. I don't feel any sort of Welsh connection with him because he's born and bred for, in Nottingham. He's got, he's one of those Welsh parent things. So happy when right, he plays okay. for us, but it's not like Bale, who was born like down the road from me, or Davis, who speaks Welsh. He's, he's a Swansea boy. Um, but it's great to see him because a lot of people doubted why we were getting this Nottingham Forest weird half winger, half striker. But he's getting goals, he's getting assists, he's he's doing what what we want him to. You know, he's a very very talented young man as well. Like you can right. see it. It's like what you know, he is a proper player. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of hope. I don't know why we didn't start Lacelso. There must be something going on there. Maybe he's not injured. Maybe he's injured or he isn't start. He isn't mentally right or Ange just doesn't fancy him. But Surely. I don't know. If you were the manager, would you start? I wouldn't start LaSalle, so I don't really understand what LaSalle is for. He's a I mean, national team. He plays as a, an attacking midfielder. What we were missing, not like a number 10 high up the pitch, but just sort of an advanced midfielder. Not a bit more, a bit with a bit more sort of creativity in Nelson Hoiberg, but he, Spurs have just never fancied him. It's crazy, isn't it, that you can make these huge investments with very little knowledge of what they're actually like into personally. Well, I had a friend who um, who we were just talking about before, and she got contacted to be um, global head of people for the engineering firm of a, a, a massive, you know, FTSE 100 company. So a big job. She yeah. had to spend a day with two psychologists after doing loads of pre-tests uh, and do a 25 grand survey on what their personality was like. And she got a PDF through the size of a book on who she was, what her strengths were, how she responds to stress. We don't do that with players. Like we scout them, look at how well they do over 90 minutes. Then we spend 50 million on them. 50 million pounds. It's crazy to me that you can get an Ndombele, thinking about it, who just got, who's got extremely poor mental attributes. Like the lack of discipline. I think maybe 
he would have been fine in the 90s you know when you could be lack lackadaisical yeah it just annoys me that it's he's so close to being brilliant but he he just makes bad decisions. His career will be over in a few years. Yeah. Oh, I, discipline. I what's of... interesting about that is, is exactly that, is that they don't do it. And you you heard, I mean, I don't know if you saw, um, Ange did a thing for TNT with uh, Rio Ferdinand. I haven't seen that yet. And he, was, and he was saying, I've only watched a few TikToks on it, but they keep coming up because obviously yeah. I watched them and watched them again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and basically he was saying that was the... Um, the character of somebody makes a huge difference and he was like look mate like at this level he said i know i probably shouldn't say it but like from a technical perspective it's almost much of a muchness right which is why you have to look at who the man is and then that's how you that's how you get like you figure out who the who you want your players to be and i think that's right and i think you don't they there isn't there is a little bit more of that, but still not enough of that in football. No, not at all. You know, particularly given it's like all about, you know, there's so much kind of um, theory on like how you build teams and what you do this and all the rest of it. And then for football, you just don't do it as much, which is weird. No, I mean, maybe they do do it, but I can't imagine like if if you're going on a transfer window and it's like, it's, it's, we've got dead end to get the facts over by midnight and you go, who's spoken to him what they like you know what what decisions they make how disciplined are they and it's not about being disciplined doesn't mean they like hoiberg where they only they drink a pint of water as soon as they wake up they don't have any any fun in their lives it's more about how do they make decisions under stress you know how how do they turn up for their teammates and yeah that that is a bit i really struggle with but it, it just seems insane and maybe they must do something like this but it just feels too physical. That feels quite archaic, actually, compared to like everything else is advancing so much. Like referees gone too far. Signing players based on personality hasn't gone far enough yet. Maybe it's just yeah, a bit. I imagine balance they're moment. doing it a bit more. But you're absolutely right. But I do think that actually the group we've got now has got some really good characters, like good characters in it. And I also think having Sonny as the captain also makes a difference to some of that because from a sort of a team culture perspective if Sonny's your captain you know that what the team is going to be like yeah did he do enough yesterday is is my is my question was he the one telling them because he can go missing in games when it's not played to his style and there's very few games which are like that because he's so brilliant but did he go a bit missing and should he been a bit more vocal because we, we haven't had a captain in the middle of the field and I know people say Kane was a sort of sub-captain but I, I, I'm not sure about his leadership I think he led by example rather than vocally I kind of feel like Sonny's doing the same though right I can imagine that he's good I'm not sure that on the pitch he's not a vocal player on the pitch though is he no 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 and, and I that... don't think he's going to change that no so who is that who's the who's the person just taking people by the scruff of the neck yesterday and that that's my problem uh, that would be Hoiberg I think maybe he should have been doing a bit more of that but but hey well who are the vice captains Romero not there no Madder's not there Madder's not there are Good either point. of them players who take the game by the scruff of the neck and talk to their talk to their teammates I imagine Romero would be but I'm not sure people would understand him also just, necessarily want to listen to him given that he's going to likely to do something stupid himself it's such a disappointment isn't it it's like the naughty kid at school who is who's come back after summer holidays and they've really put their head down and they 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 try and then suddenly they yeah. started throwing toilet paper around or something it's a bit annoying isn't it 
I, I'm just looking at the first team squad now, thinking about all the gaps and just Mickey van der Ven. It, it's amazing that how big of an impact he's had for such a young man. You, we just didn't because remember we didn't even go for him first. He, he was second choice apparently. That might have been tactics. But how do we know? How do we actually know that though? Oh yeah, we know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing. <laughs> you know some stuff from your petrol station meetings and your internal <laughs> meetings, but we know absolutely nothing. Yeah. We, yeah. It's it's. Like you said, it's quite comforting to be back like this. And it feels more human now. We we rode the wave of positivity and, and craziness. We always knew it was going to happen. So now we can focus on it being the transition season that it is. And, you know, it's it's all, it's good to have an international break, though, because if they're because I imagine there are other players with niggles. So at least yeah. they can sort of deal with them. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think Villa when we get back is good. That's going to be a proper test because it's at home as well. Like you'd hope that we can. What's that? What's our record like against Villa? It feels good. I can yeah. on my sheet. It's good. Um, first thing that comes up when you Google it is Bale hat trick. Do you remember that one? That was in the way, wasn't it? Where? Oh, wasn't that it? was he... on Boxing Day. Yeah, that's right. That was a. That was, that was he was Boxing so good. Day. I miss because there's yeah. lots of questions about who would you rather have back. Peak Bale or Peak Kane, who's obviously doing quite well in the Bundesliga right now. But I think Bale, I, I, I just love Bale more. I, he made, he changed games. He, he just made me excited about football. Um, Tottenham Villa record. Yes, I, I mean, it's, I think I think it depends what day you get me on for the answer to that question because I completely agree with you from that Bale perspective. There's just something kind of sort of magical and glamorous and you know like he just do things and that that avb year so that was where we used to sit at white hart lane basically mm. in line in line with the 18 yard line and how yeah. many times did he just pick the ball up there and just like Oof. get it into the and win the game even though when we were shit yeah. um but then there's also something about whatever peak kane is because it could have been any time of just like a player who wasn't necessarily always the most naturally talented and all the rest of it just with like sheer hard work and just like real focus and saying I will be the best because I've said I'm going to be the best becoming you know like this kind of slightly shy weird kid from Essex just becoming like or from Walthamstow where he's from the best striker in the world I saw someone saying arguably the best striker in the world like now and I'm like it's been the best striker in the world for the last however many seasons. It's yeah. just no one would pay attention to him being the best striker in the world when he plays for Spurs, sadly. It's not mm. like the Bundesliga is any better than well, the Premier obviously League. Obviously not. He's got 21 goals in there now. He's got 32 last year, and that was amazing. He's got 21 in like 14 games, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think I'm doing a proper like trauma response where I'm just denying that I ever liked him so he can't hurt me by leaving. Like, I, I, I genuinely yeah. think I'm in the middle of that. Um, Villa beat us last season 2-1 and then they beat us 2-0 at our place and then we which I've got zero memory of they beat us on um, Boxing Day no uh, 1st of January and at the end of the season in May but then we battered them 4-0 with uh, Sun and then Sun Hattrick and Kudasevsky goal when Gerrard was in charge right is Coutinho still there and Dombele's first oh, no. ever game was that was a goal against Villa. Yeah, Villa. Me and Giles went to that. That was nice. That was our first game together. Me and Giles. Um, have you seen? See, uh, Coutinho's obviously in Al Duhal or wherever he is. Um, 
you know, there was all that stuff about uh, Ndombele ordering pizza and all that fuss. We've seen all the opposition fans now when, when they find out what hotel he's staying and they just order loads of pizzas. <laughs> I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Poor bastard, yeah. Oh, Tottenham. I know. And yesterday was just a massive sucker punch. It's like we probably should have done something more and, you know, like we could have. But just like to lose like that. I mean, their first goal was incredible. Unbelievable. Um, and I blame everyone in all the WhatsApp groups that I'm in that had already said, oh, well, a point's not too bad. And I, I was just literally like looking at my phone saying, shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Like you don't say that until the bloody whistle blows. Yeah. It 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 just felt like it was coming as well. Like I, it was fully deserved for Wolves. Like no problem with it. It annoyed me how we went in and performed like that. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is exactly. Tottenham, I guess. And then um, the women's team last week and this week now one nil up, and uh, equalising like towards the end of the game. So I mean today again I wasn't there last week, but by all accounts the same thing. It's like they should have put the game away in the first half. Yeah. Um, and they didn't, and then got punished for it um, by two, by both the Liverpool teams, La- Everton last week and Liverpool today. Although, nice story, Celine Bizet, whose fiance plays for whoever Liverpool played in the Champions in the in the week. Who did they play in the week? Liverpool. Well, anyway, her fiance scored against Liverpool in the week. And so as we were driving there, I said to Tab, Celine Bizet's fiancé scored against Liverpool during the week, then she should score today. And Tab was like, come on, that's not how it works. I was like, sometimes in football, that's exactly how it works. In the, the men's team, they play yes. Toulouse. Yeah, so he plays, he must play for Toulouse. Oh, that's cool. Aaron, there's Aaron Donham, Thais Dallings and Frank McGree, one of those. That's cool. I was with... Yeah. Um, because my my new job is uh, is based in Copenhagen, so I was with a bunch of Danes, keeping up with um, Man United versus Copenhagen. They're all from Copenhagen, so they were having a great time. That but they do not day. care about football. That was amazing. Donham, that's her fella, Aaron, Aaron Donham. That's really cool. Um, they they prefer handball, and it it just reminded me they didn't even know the Rugby World Cup was on, and it just being in like Istanbul, New York and Copenhagen over the last six weeks has really reminded me that we are not the centre of the universe at all. Because I do get, I do forget sometimes. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I was went out with some friends on Thursday night and one of the guys, um, one woman's husband is Australian. And I don't want to make any assumptions, but he was talking about, he's been in this country a long time. He was talking about being a Brentford fan. So I was like, oh yeah, but Big Ange. He was like, who? Oh, and I was no like, what? I was like, what kind of Australian hasn't heard of Big Ange? So yeah, I wasn't impressed by that. Because I was like, if you're not a football fan, then fine. But if you purport to be a football fan and then you don't know who Big Angie is, I don't think that works. No. It doesn't work no, for no. me. No. You, you have a... So I've got um in my head, like a bunch of topics where I've got surface level knowledge and you've got a bunch of key points you would hit. If I'm Australian and saying I'm into soccer, you remember Big Ange. He was in charge of the soccer ruse at one point. Like, exactly. That, that's your point, isn't it? I felt... Um, I went to a, a high knobbing party with uh, some senior people from the advertising world. It was at one of their houses. And so one of my, I literally, I always think of it as a compass. So in like north, northeast, east, I have eight topics of conversation. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so I always think like I've got wrestling, I could do Sex and City, I can do a bit of opera, I can do a bit of art, football, cars. You know, 
art books something so i can talk to anybody you know any i reckon i could talk to anyone about anything and there was a guy in the um kitchen talking about opera so i, I clicked into opera mode and was like, oh, opera, i've been to opera opera in cardiff i've only been to one and then he, he went into like real detail and i was like oh why are you so much into like i felt like a knob why are you into i said why are you into opera he was the um arts and culture editor for the sunday times <laughs> i was just yeah, I could do opera. I've been I to the do, opera. I love opera, mate. They sing, don't they? Yeah, so oh, I made a tit out myself there. But the um, I think there should be. I think there's something to be said for like giving it a good old go, oh, and like understanding that you do have to code switch in those situations as well. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you'd rather talk about board games than Tottenham, but like you can't, so you have to have to code switch into their nonsense. <laughs> no, I love it because Tottenham, Tottenham gives me so much, and I think it's been so good to have it back. Just that connection to people, that connection to that positivity, because we are different to the other clubs, and we are different in how we want to approach football and how we are resilient against other clubs. Because other clubs will go out and attack; they'll say, "No, we're better. We're the Champions of Europe. We know what we are." Whereas us, it's all about we are Tottenham Hotspur, and that that sets us out, sets us apart a, a little bit. And maybe that's a bit of a losing mentality that we don't go out and fight like that. But I don't know. I did. It, it feels good to have that connection to something so positive and to a group Absolutely. of people who just love the positivity of it all. And that's what Monday night was, right? It was a love of positivity and having a go. Honestly, like I can't tell you the amount of people stayed, like stayed behind to clap them at the end of that was incredible it was yeah. absolutely incredible and like that's the thing is like that and that's our job as fans you know and I'm not saying we shouldn't kind of have an opinion and all the rest of it but you saw all the players coming out and saying like we heard you and it mattered mm. so you know no it's, it's good it was good but yeah so it was disappointing to see the Spurs women's team not sort it out today but um you know still doing well still like you know building on all of that there's still like some really in- i mean there's a good team there um it looked a bit worrying though our central midfielder um got a knock on her knee and had to be stretched off which is, a, which is a little bit scary obviously um but yeah so and it was a cracking goal i recommend um looking on the spurs social media um because celine bizet literally picked up the ball in our half and then ran the length of the pitch and then scored from outside the box. I love that, haven't you? It was pretty good. Right. We've got Villa in two weeks, exactly two weeks. I just hope for a bit of rest and recuperation. I don't know what the um, international uh, fixture list is like for our players, but you'd hope maybe going home might be a bit of a a Brucey bonus for them, but... I don't know. I'm quite looking forward to seeing what sort of shape Tottenham's going to be in when we play Villa. It's such a big game because after that, it's City, West Ham, Newcastle, three humongous games. Yeah. yeah. So the next... Yeah, sort of seeing where we are at the end of all of that, I think will give us a better sense of what this season's actually going to look like, to be fair. Mm. I would yeah. say. But, it's good you know, equally... It's not going to make any difference to us, is it, really, in the sense of, like, how we're going to approach it. No, I'm still sure we'll finish top four. Do you think? I, oh, absolutely. Well, assume, assuming these players come back in January, it's only a few games, really. It's five or six games, um, which is not the, the biggest amount. And then like, we're still in fourth. Villa's obviously a massive game. Man United's lost one in the last 
lost one in the last five, but I, I still fallible. And then below that, Newcastle really aren't that good. Like I think you can see in, from the Champions League that they can be picked apart. And below that, Brighton, West Ham, Chelsea. I think I, we're just better than them, especially when we're flying. And I don't know. I don't think Arsenal. I think Arsenal will fall. Liverpool aren't that good. I, I think we're, we're good for yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's true. It's the, you know you can sort of see things are up and down. Did you see Trippier remonstrating with the fans after the game yesterday? No. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on a TikTok. Um, <laughs> but basically, I don't know. There were some fans that were, and it was just like, are you saying these lads didn't give their all? Huh. And then people were like coming up to him and saying, stop it, stop it. No. I, I love Trippier. I always love Trippier. I didn't want to get rid of him. I, I, yeah, I wasn't keen on... I didn't really understand why we got rid of him either, to be fair. Underrated player, I thought, as well. I think we just had to sell, didn't we? And you have to sell your, your moderately good players because no one wants the bad ones. You don't want to get rid of the good ones. So he was exactly the sort of player we we're going to get rid oh of. Oh, my God. Matt Doherty nearly scoring yesterday, talking of players that you get rid of, that you're not... You know, like, I, I genuinely thought that was going to, like... Well, before they scored their winning goal, I thought he was going to do it. And that was... Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? On a free, uh, we got rid of him for just... Or whatever that admin was. So, I don't know. Like, you're right. We'll see where we are. And I like your optimism of that we're well, going to finish off. We can do it. And that that's what we've shown. You know, it's not an yeah, accident. Yeah. It's our control on a pitch rather than... Mourinho and Conte, where it stopped the others first and then hope our, our forwards do something magical. I, it would be really interesting for those two to take over what we've got now to see what they do with it because they don't have Kane. Kane rescued so many points from that team by just being better than any other player on the pitch. But you, they can't just bully people now by stopping everything and hope Kane does something. So I, I, Maybe it would even work better and that's not me having a go in at Kane. We might see their tactical now a bit more if they if they had it. But um, I've seen yeah, some debates about who's got the greatest Premier League legacy, uh, Mourinho or or Klopp, and I, I don't know how anyone can question Mourinho's legacy in that in that instance. It might just be for clicks and views and stuff, but you know, what's Mourinho got like five titles? Klopp's got one, and Klopp, Mourinho changed the game. I, I I don't know. I'm just getting annoyed at the internet now. <laughs> <laughs> Man shouts at internet. Man shouts at internet. <laughs> Right. Um, international break. Yeah, and Villa. So it, it's good we've got a break. What, what are your hopes for the Villa game? I think I think what you've just said is like you want to you want to see them come out and and like put in a performance at home. And I don't mm. care how you win it, how we win it, we've got to win it. Yeah. Big game. Um, Big and I actually game. don't care how we win it, but of course, you know, you saw. I don't know if you saw Big Ange's press conference where they said to him about, you know, is it tempting to, you know, change your style of play now? There are loads of temptations, mate. And the <laughs> only temptation I'll give into is chocolate. And you're we like, love you it, don't we? Ange, totally fine. You do you. And that's yeah, yeah. the thing. It's like, you do you. And the rest of us will just get on board for the ride. And and I'm, and I'm just, I think because of the momentum already built, that, you know, I really hope that, you know, he's there for a good amount of time. So even if there is a little dip now, I don't mind because he said it from the start. This is going to take time. You don't just do this in one transfer window, you know. So. Great. How are you, Spurs? 
Come on, you Spurs. I think you're right. Okay, we might pod next week, depending on how people are, and but we'll try. We'll do something for it. Um, as always, Chris, thank you. It's lovely to see you. And whatever happens, we always say it. Don't forget, the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.